This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Down to verse number 10. Glory to God. Here at Crown Ministries, uh, we, it's our custom to stand during the reading of God's word. We believe that we reverence it by standing. We stand for presidents and queens and kings. Certainly we can stand for the word of God. So all that is able to, we want you to stand. And online, if you want to reverence it, stand in your house in your slippers. Just stand up. Get, get up off that bed and just stand up. <laughs> Glory to God. Matthew chapter 15, verse 10. When you have it, say, I have it. And it reads thusly. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man. But that which cometh out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. So leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind anyway. And if the blind lead the blind, then both of them shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said it like this. Are you also yet without understanding like them? Do not you yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thieves, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands don't even mess with you. It doesn't even defile you. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Verse 18 is the text of emphasis. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. But those things which proceed out of your mouth, they came from your heart. That's what jacked you up. What you said came from a deeper place, and it's messing with your future. Today, in this Be Kind series, I want to talk for a few moments, and maybe we get happy, and maybe we'll get it. I want to talk from a message simply entitled, Watch Your Mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Father, in the name of Jesus. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We surrender our thoughts and our will to yours. God, we render unto you our entire being. Take over. 
take preeminence. Father, take the wheel and be in control now. I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, and give strength to my body. And at the end of this moment, let someone declare that I've heard from God and I have hid his word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. It is in Jesus' name that we praise you and thank you. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may have your seats in the name of the Lord behind your mask. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. I'm going to try. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, lately on our social media platforms and in our local networks, there has been a story being told of a gospel recording artist by the name of Kirk Franklin. And whom was having some challenges in his private life and his personal life with his son, his offspring, his first son. They for years have been having many challenges and have been in therapy and in treatment, trying to rectify their home and trying to fix and repair their relationship. And just like any type of repair or reconciliation, there came a time of argument. There came a time of disagreement. There came a time where him and his son got in one of those heated discussions. I'm sure it wasn't the first. I'm sure that they had plenty of these, but it was a heated discussion. The son didn't know how to entreat his father or handle his father. He could not father his father. So he said, well, since my father is well known, I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to record the conversation. And his son recorded the conversation and then decided to take the conversation and post it on Instagram and blast it out to the world what his father was saying to him. Yeah. Mr. Kirk Franklin, the gospel recording artist, the one that is saved and the one that did all the songs that we stomp to and, and all the songs that we rock to. He straight cussed his son out. He used profanity, explicitives. He used such language that we usually tell our children, do not say. Well, this was recorded and this was put out and it was put on blast. And that began to be an opinionated discussion and or argument even gone into theology of whether Kirk Franklin was saved, whether his son should have done it, and whether it was, uh, uh, whether the apology was owed. I mean, the discussions went far and wide. I came here to the church this week and some of the volunteers that were putting up some of the spring decorations in the church were still having the discussion. Bishop, what do you think? Do you think he owed an apology? Do you think... Uh, that he should say something. What, what do you think about the matter? Well, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I have two sons. My oldest son is 36. My baby son is 20. I love my sons. But they get on my nerves. I love them boys. Now everybody knows that my... My daughter got me wrapped around her finger, if that was all possible. And uh, she is all she, but she too can be uh, interesting. Don't tell her I said that. She's online now. She can be quite interesting. My children, my, my, my natural children, they, they're, they're interesting characters. 
I have some spiritual children. And they too. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm here in the pulpit. I'm in God's church. I mean, I got some spiritual children, and they too, you know. Praise the name of the Lord. Minister Tyreek happens to be one of my favorites that I love ever so dearly. And every time I see him, I utter words of grace and prayers unto the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes my intelligent language and I have a vast vocabulary, but sometimes I can't discover in the moment the words to express to them so that they can be affected by what I'm trying to convey. Because at this moment, I don't want you to just hear me. I need you to feel what I'm saying. You feel me? Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to determine or judge whether one was right or wrong, but I am here to say I understand. I, I get it. And I think sometimes we need to approach people in the position of falling or in a position of error, not in a posture of judgment, but we need to look at you and say, you know what? I understand. I'm not validating. I'm not affirming. I can relate to what you're experiencing. I did not say it was right. But I'm also not saying you are wrong. I'm simply saying I'm human too. We forget that. Galatians 6 and 1 says when you see somebody overtaken in the fall, you who are spiritual, restore such a one with the spirit of meekness, lest you, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. In other words, when you see somebody in the fall, think about you. I preached already. I can sit down right there. I said, when you see somebody in the fall, before you tell them how wrong they are, think about you. When I heard Brother Kirk Franklin, I just simply said, I got sons. I understand. He's now put on a chopping block because of what he said. His words put his reputation in a light that was not favorable for him. Now, I know some people got mad at Kirk. I get that. Let me be very honest. I got issue with the son. This ain't, this ain't God. This all Jonathan right here. I'll tell you the difference. I got issue with the son. We got problems. We don't put that on blast. I was raised in a house where you say keep the dirty laundry inside the house and we're going to fight and figure it out together. I know, I know that I'm rough and I know I'm raggedy right now and I know that I'm chewing you to pieces but the way in the world, the world should have heard what was going on in my house. We got issues. I got shortcomings. When I come out to the world, I don't come out in my pajamas. 
I don't come out in my underwear. I know some of y'all do. That's why you don't wear in-house clothes out-house because there's certain things that outside people are not supposed to experience. You don't wear the same clothes to the store that you do in your bed. That's nasty. You don't wear the same stuff in the street that you do in your carpet in your house. I got issue with the son of exposure. And what we have today, my shot, I feel good, is we have a demonic, diabolical attack of exposure that is ungodly. Only God exposes, not us, because we have too many shortcomings and too many proclivities. We need the mercies of God. How can I expose you but need God to cover my stuff? How can I talk about your stuff but ask God to put mine behind the curtains? None of us should be exposing any of us. We ought to take all of us into prayer, because if you can't be saved, then neither can I. He got in trouble because of his mouth. The same man who sing and write and produce great gospel hits is in trouble because of his mouth. The same guy who with his mouth gets a mic now has a mic on the cell phone and has been put on blast. What is it that got you in the most of your trouble. Lord, it has been our mouth. I'm almost through. Could it be that some of the prophetic symbolism of the coronavirus, Deacon Don, is that we have to not only stay six feet apart, but we also have to wear masks to cover our mouth. Could God be prophetically saying something in this season that what you really need to be doing is covering your mouth? Could God be saying you are sharing and talking too much? Could God be saying that you're in a pandemic right now because of your Could, could our society be diseased and infirmed and full of virus because of the vicious venom of our tongue? Most of you that was raised in homes that mama that took no junk, you got in trouble because of your mouth. Nowadays, they call it child abuse, and I know we got social workers in here. Don't call nobody on us. But we threw shoes, extension cords, switches, branches from trees. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Wooden spoons if I'm in the kitchen cooking. I will throw anything at you because of your mouth. Has anybody in here heard the message preached from your mother? Who do you think you are talking to? I'm not one of your little friends. I know what? You better watch your. Okay, y'all never been there. I grew up in the house, Sister Tanya, you probably know this, that even words wasn't even talking back. If you went like this, what did you say? Who you talking to? A breathe heavy was a response in my house. You better watch how you breathe. 
because it won't breathe no more. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. Y'all know. Y'all, y'all, y'all raised in Mama Shaw house. Breathing hard was a response. Who are you talking to? This is a different generation, Janice, because uh, watch this. Not only was our breathing heavy, was a response, uh, but the, the tonation of our eyes was also. Who are you looking at? You, don't you look at me like that. I dare you roll your eyes. They'll roll out of your head. I, uh, we were straight child abuse. I'm convinced. Oh, God. It was, uh, it was the look of your eyes that was a response. Roll them again. Roll them again. You got your people mixed up. I wish I could preach here. Because the huffing and the puffing, because of the rolling of the eyes, or because even the tonation of your response was communication. It was relaying thought. You saying something. And I don't like what you're saying. Words are an instrument to convey thought. When you put words together, you are communicating ideas and imparting information. Because we live in a day of technology and virtually, and we got cell phones, and we got iPads, and we got tablets, and we got Alexa. I unplugged mine. Okay. Alexa be listening to everything. I, Big Brother is here. So because we live in this day of technology, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is your thoughts are your final place of privacy. It is the only privacy you still have. They're trying now to create devices that you could buy and sell with the palm of your hand. Just wave your hand over the device and they can read all of your information and have your banking, social security number and able to travel. As if the prophecies of revelation are not unfolding before our very eyes that the mark of the beast is here, y'all, in this day that we live in. Brothers and sisters, your thoughts are all you have left that's private. Whenever you repeatedly say what's on your mind you're invading your own privacy whenever you always speak what you're thinking you're invading your own secrets and sometimes we don't know how to filter between what we feel and what we say. 
Here in the scripture text, Jesus is very clear as he begins to teach them and as he begins to share with them this very powerful word that I want to share with you. And I'm uh, 15 minutes and I'm through. But he begins to tell them while he was teaching the disciples. And the, the Bible says that the Sadducees, Pharisees rather, came around and they was listening to him talk. They always came around to listen, to hear what he had to say. And Jesus started teaching them. And when he taught them, he said this to them. It's not what goes in you that defiles you, but it's what comes out of you that messes you up. This was very challenging for them because these are Hebrews. These are Jewish people. They are accustomed to certain diets. You don't eat pork. These are Jews. You don't eat the hoof-footed beast or animal. There are certain dietary restrictions. So living according to the laws of Moses, there was limitations or restrictions on what you were able to eat. Jesus come and flips the whole nutritional calendar on its head and said, while y'all are studying what to eat and what not to eat, what you missed, what it wasn't what goes in your mouth that messes you up. But it's the thing that comes out of your mouth that messes you up. It's kind of like many of you this week on consecration. God, let me preach like I'm preaching. You went according to the dietary restrictions. Oh, we can only eat fruits, vegetables, and water. You drove yourself crazy and gave yourself a complete headache trying to figure out what's a fruit, what's a vegetable. You have turned into more Googleites, more historians. You have become nutritionists. You have become chefs. Look at y'all. Because you're trying to stick to the dietary restrictions. You're trying to figure out if a potato is a fruit or a vegetable. You're trying to figure out if you can have, is it a starch? You're trying to say, well, if I can have potato, then I probably can have rice. You're arguing over lettuce and kale. You're arguing over cabbage. You're trying to figure this thing out. Sitting there eating on oranges and tangerines and little cuties. I got a whole bag of them. You're trying to figure out what kind of apple you like. The great ones or the green ones. The Macintosh. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Or the granny apple. You're trying to stick to the dietary restrictions. But some of y'all that ate fruits, vegetables, and drank only water, still gonna bust hell wide open. Because with all that fruit and vegetables, you still cuss like a sailor this week. God, you still talk nasty to people. And you still use the venom of your mouth. You should have had a burger. Because you missed the whole concept. It's not what you ate that broke the consecration. It's what you said. You broke the consecration before you ever had a salad. Because you was nasty in your response. You broke the consecration before you even ate some cabbage. Because of your hateful response. It's not what you eat. It's what you say. That's what Jesus said. That's defiling you. Watch your mouth. Our kindness can be expressed in how we talk to each other. I'm nervous. I'm concerned by the way people talk to each other. Y'all don't know how to talk to each other. Hurry up, Shaw. I do marital counseling every now and then. And sometimes I see husband and wife sitting in front of me. And I hear the way they talk to each other. 
You have no respect for each other. Look at how you talk to each other. In my office, when I'm doing marriage counseling, I tell them, turn them chairs around and face each other. Because I can't stand nobody talking to me, looking off in the North Pole and, and wandering in the wilderness. And you over here, and I'm standing over here, and you over here, you talking. No, 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 no. Talk to me in my face. Because we have failed at communication skills. We don't know how to properly communicate. Crown ministers, you heard me say it a thousand times and I'll say it again. Write it down, put it in your notes, hide it in your heart. Because I'm going to say it to, for the rest of my life till Jesus get back here. Communication is common unity in relaying information. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Here's the statement. The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. I'll say it again. The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. Let me say it again. Write it down. The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. Somebody put it on Facebook and YouTube for me. The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. Would y'all repeat it after me? The lack of communication is the cancer of all relationships. If your relationship does not communicate, it's dying of cancer. What is cancer except cells in the body fighting the body? Cancer is when the body fights itself. If our relationship is not communicating, we're fighting ourselves. That's not just in a marriage. That's in employment. Come on here. That's in friendship. That's in brothers and sisters. I don't care who you are. Any relationship you have. That's your boss and you. That's your supervisor, your manager. If y'all don't communicate, the relationship will die because it's eating away at itself. We don't know how to communicate. What is communication? Effective communication is this. When I convey or relay thought, information, or data, and you comprehend it. That's effective communication. It is not merely enough for me to talk. For if I was standing here preaching this message in German or French, most of you, if not any of you, would not understand or comprehend it. Therefore, I am not communicating. Though I am talking, though I am attempting to relay thought, if you don't comprehend it, it's not being communicated. Which means effective communication is when I say it and you understand it. You have to understand it in order for me to be effective at communicating it. Can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? See, that's a good question. You got to be able to comprehend it. If there's no comprehension, where's my teachers at, my educators? If there's no comprehension, you can fail the class because you don't understand. And some of you assume that just because you're conveying information to an adult, they're supposed to understand. Oh God, how is it that you're a whole grown woman, you're a grown man, and you still don't understand, close the cap of the toothpaste, put the toilet seat down. How is it that you're a grown person with a degree, and you still don't understand, close my door to my refrigerator? How come you don't understand that? How come you don't get that? Because the key to communication is repetition. Oh, I'm preaching real good in here. I said the key to the communication is effectively is to be repetitious, which means you might have to say this more than once. And some of you that say, I don't like to repeat myself. I don't like to say things a couple of times. You may have to repeat to yourself if you love who you're in relationship with. 
Jesus said, it's not what goes in you that messes you up. It's what comes out. I'm almost through. And then the Bible says that, 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 that they didn't like that. They actually were offended by it. Because Jesus was questioning their Jewish dietary restrictions. And so the disciples came and took Jesus to the side, particularly Peter, because, you know, he had a lot of mouth. And he said a few Sunday school words himself. So Peter uh, said, okay, okay, Lord, I need to see how really messed up I am. I really need to see how bad I am because I say a few cuss words. You know, he was a fisherman. He owned his own fishing business. So, you know, he said some words if he didn't catch enough fish that day. Y'all, you know, he, he said a few Kirk Franklin's himself. And so Peter was like, okay, I need, I need to be real clear y'all y'all ever heard a message preach and it convicted you so bad that you felt like you go on your hell in 20 minutes and you felt like oh my god i thought i was better off than this i thought i had it made you you ever had to ask god say okay lord all right are you playing is this for real is this the way i'm supposed to be living because i ain't doing none of this that's how Peter felt. Peter said, okay, Lord, can you, can you explain, can you really explain what, what, what you're saying? Can you, can you make this parable real clear? Can you talk to me like I'm four? Jesus said, are you hard of hearing without understanding like them? I spoke it plain and clear. Let me say it to you like this. It's not what goes in your belly that messes you up. Because whatever goes in your belly comes out in your waist. What goes in you, my God, comes out of you as waste, which means you release everything that comes in. Here's the problem, Jesus says. But those things, verse 18, that come out of your mouth, they actually came out of your heart. And they defile you. Which means, I want y'all to catch this in 2021 language, that Jesus didn't even consider doo-doo as defiling as words. He didn't call the waste defilement. He called the words you speak defilement. God help us. He didn't say, oh God here, that defecation was defilement. He said that's supposed to happen. That's the system of your body. But it's very defiling when you say something out of your mouth that you're not supposed to speak. He called that defilement. Oh God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said, in 2021, Jonathan Shaw version of the scripture. That your words stink worse than your waste. Your words smell worse than your waste. Because you speak defilement. Give me some honor. You speak things out of your mouth that you should never say. We are unkind, Brother Tarek, because of the things that we say. How do you talk to people? How do you convey information? The uncomfortable feeling you're feeling right now is me strangling that devil that's trying to come out of you. The, the words that you use, Jesus said, they are defiling you. 
Mm-hmm. I got to move here quickly. The Greek word for defilement, write this down. This is good. The Greek word for defilement here is konino. Konino. K-O-I-N-O-O. K-O-I-N-O-O. Konino. It literally means you are deemed ceremonially unclean. You have been determined by the Levitical priests that you cannot be utilized in worship. Jesus is saying that the words you speak are such a defilement that they make you unworthy for sacrifice and for worship. You are ceremonially unclean. So then therefore, we cannot even properly worship God. I feel like preaching. We can even properly praise God and submit sacrifice unto him from our mouth if our mouths have been defiled by our language. By the words that we use, our mouths have got us in trouble that we can't even enter into the presence of God. Let me help some of y'all because you're looking at me strange. Have you ever been in worship and came in and the praise and worship is singing and you got your hands lifted and you mean you're trying to go in, you swaying from side to side and you're trying to enter into the presence of God but there's a struggle and there's a warfare and there's a problem with really entering in. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that it's probably because the words you used before you went into worship has defiled you and made you unclean from entering into the presence of the Lord. That's why y'all got to be careful that while you're driving on your way to church and somebody cuts you off from the Belt Parkway or right there on Flatlands, that you don't use words that's going to defile your worship. Come on here. That you don't communicate thoughts that's going to make. That's why you got to start praising him when you're in the shower. You got to start praising him when you're putting your stockings on. You got to get your heart right. And even when they cut you off, you say, go ahead. That's all right. I'm on my way to church. And you ain't going to mess up up my worship the enemy defiles you before you ever get here he don't mind if you arrive when you're already unclean to enter in they're trying to get you the enemy trying to jack you up and he's using you to do it watch this I'm almost through brothers and sisters But we got to really understand our tongues are only out of control because your tongue is a selfie of your heart. You talk the way you talk and speak the way you speak because it's only a snapshot portrait of what's really going on inside of your heart. Jesus said that the words that proceed out of your mouth are indicating to us what's actually living in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now you got to remember this. Now remember this. Your heart is synonymous with your mind. Your heart and your mind is the same thing. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It is the realm of you called your soul. Your soulless realm is your heart. So then therefore when God saved you he saved your soul which means he saved the way you think he saved what's in your heart he's trying to transform you well then how can God save you in your heart but your mouth has not changed don't tell me that Jesus has entered your heart but you don't talk like it don't tell me that he is transforming your mind but you don't speak
speak that way brothers and sisters and I'm not just talking about four letter words I'm talking about the hatred and the spew that comes out of your mouth it's revealing to us what's in our heart Jesus said there are evil thoughts murders adulteries and fornication now that messed me up because verse 19 said that adulteries, fornication, thief is coming out of your mouth. That you know that why that messed me up? Because I thought adultery and fornication was something else. I thought that was the horizontal hokey pokey. I thought that was sexual activity. I thought that's what that was. Last time I checked it, that's what that was. And that is what it was. Which means that sex don't start in the bedroom. It starts in the heart. Oh, God. You committed adultery before you even text them back. You committed fornication before you even responded to the DM. They slid in the DM and you slid out of the will of God. Because it's revealing what's in your heart. When, 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 watch this, watch this. Make sure my mic is up, Dominique. Watch this, because I need him to hear me. Watch this. It's, it's when, it's when you respond back to the text message saying, I ain't going to do nothing. I just want to see what they're going to say. I found you, devil. It's when you say, I just want to see how far they're going to go. I just want to see where it's going. I, w- I want to see. So, so you reply back, uh, why? You reply back, W-Y-M. Come on, what you mean? You try, you're trying to see. You say, okay, let me take a little bit further. And you send back the emoji with the heart eyes. Because you're just trying to see what you're saying, what you're going to say. Honey, you already did it. Because fornication and adultery came out of your heart. You sin with somebody in your thoughts before you ever do it with your actions. Jesus said it like this. If you look at a woman and desire her, you commit adultery already. Good Jesus. I need to come. Just walk around here. What do you expect, Lord? He said, don't walk around here blind trying to be somebody's Ray Charles. He said, what I want you to do is fix your heart. You fix your heart, I don't care who walked by, you good. I said, if you fix your heart, I don't care what they got on, you good. If you fix your heart, we're trying to change people's clothes. We really need to try to change their heart. He said, it's what's in your heart that's messing you up. Because what's in your heart is coming out of your mouth. Preach John Boy. Gotta go. How do we talk, Dr. Shaw? We talk too rough. The reason why we can't be kind because we're too rough. Somebody shout too rough. You talk too rough. Why are you so aggressive? Calm down. Lower your tone. Get some of that bass out your voice. Let out some of that air out your chest. You talk too rough. Can I pray? This is Jonathan. This ain't Bible. This ain't God. This all me. I'll always let you know the difference. I can't stand a rough talking woman. Calm down. 
Hold on. Wait a minute. There's got to be a man in the relationship. I don't care what y'all talk about misogynistic. I like women who's sweet, who's kind and generous. I ain't saying you got to be a pushover. I ain't saying you got to be somebody doormat. But a sweet-talking woman is better than a woman that thinks she a dude and thinks she rough. And re- Calm down. Rah, 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 rah. Who are you? Take some of that out. Just walk around straight Scooby-Doo. Calm down. What's going on? You're too rough. You can get more done if you sweeten your tone. If you lighten up a little bit, back up some. Talk too rough. Sometimes we're too aggressive. We don't even know how to compliment each other. Girl, that dress looks nice. What size is that? What? You wear that now? You look good. You lost weight. I feel fat now again because you just messed me up. How do you talk? Do you talk rough? We have to be kind. We live in a generation that like to be flipping the mouth. Real shady. The uncomfortable feeling you're feeling right now is me strangling the devil coming out of you. We live in a generation that like to be real witty. We like good comebacks. We don't listen to understand people. We listen to respond to people. We're rough. We're trying to figure out what to say now. Because I'm going to get you with my words. Colossians 4, 6, write this down. Colossians 4, 6. It says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. My God. Colossians 4, 6. I'll read it again. It says, let your speech be always grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to how you ought to answer everybody. In other words, there's a way to answer. There's a way to respond. You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. You can get more done if you lighten up a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Not only do we talk too rough, we talk too carelessly. We're careless in what we're saying. You say anything. It's not cute. For you to just say anything. You sound disrespectful. You sound like you don't have etiquette or manners. <laughs> this generation calls it, I'm just keeping it real. No, you sound ignorant. Because when you are careful with your words, you know that everything doesn't deserve a response. I don't need to say anything to this. I need to shut up. My God, help me. You talk too carelessly. Matthew 12, 36. Write it down. Matthew 12, 36. Help me, Facebook. Write it down for me. Matthew 12, 36 says this. But I say unto you that every idle word, oh God, every careless word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. 
Y'all think that just our actions going to be judged at judgment day? That the Bible says right here in Matthew 12, 36, that he's got a record of even every word that we spoke. Oh, God. That means when you stand before the judgment bar, not only will God show the real of the videos of the actions and the activity you have done, but he's also going to pass on the loudspeaker the words that came out of your mouth. Your mouth is going to be judged at judgment day. And when you talk carelessly, God said you should have shut up at that moment. Have y'all ever go home and beat yourself up and says, dang, I should have shut my mouth. I should have hushed up. Shut up. Shut up. He's trying. We also talk too quick. You got to think before you speak. Because sometimes you let out secrets that you should have revealed to nobody. You talk too quick. You, you reveal something, Joseph, that you probably should have held to yourself. And I submit to you very humbly, I'm not rewriting the Bible, that Joseph in the Bible probably should have went to prison. And he probably should have went to the palace. But possibly, he should have never been in the pit. The pit experience was a result of him talking too quick and revealing to people who can't catch what he's saying. Some of the traumas, though you will get the victory over, you should never experience. But you have to go through it because you talk too quick. I got Bible for it. Proverbs 29, 20. Write it down. Proverbs 29, 20 says it like this. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than in him. Mm, I like that Bible. Proverbs 29, 20. I hear the ice cream truck. It says, you see a man that's hasty or quick with his words? There's more hope in a fool than in him. And the Bible said, as the fool that says in his heart, there is no God. When you quit talking, you're worse than a fool. Your much speaking has shown you're foolish. Have you seen someone that looks pretty and beautiful and handsome, but when they open their mouth? Like, girl, you got it going. Look at across the room. I mean. The reason, the reason, the reason why I caught Copasta is because she wasn't easy to catch. Y'all ain't helping me like I need help. See, when I went to her and approached her and we was in the church, I was presiding over the service. She was singing for the service and honey girl slayed the service. I was nowhere in the spirit. I thought I was at a concert or Anita Baker. I was nowhere in the spirit. She was singing. I was like, yes. And she was going forth. And I came up to her after service and said, how are you and what's your name? She said, praise the Lord. I said, oh, this is going to be a challenge right here. She said, praise the Lord. She said, I said, praise the Lord. I said, hello, how are you doing? She said, praise the Lord. God bless you, man of God. I said, whoa. I said, this is going to be a challenge right here because now uh, you don't show me all of your cards at first. You make a brother work for it. You're going to make me earn your love. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The reason why some of you fish were thrown back in the sea because you was too easy to catch. Honey, you got to make him work for it. You got to make them work for it. Work for it. 
Because if you show me work ethics now, uh, you'll have work ethics later. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You gotta, you gotta learn to hush. Don't talk too quick. I'm almost through. You praying for me in the messy? She's saying, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. And even dating, I'm going to help y'all singles. You introduce information too soon. You talk about things you shouldn't even be talking about at this point. Why are you on the first date talking about marriage? Hold on. We're not there yet. Why two weeks in and you talking about we having babies? And we don't, whoa, wait, pause. We, we got, we, 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 we got to work our way there. Some of you are messed up in relationships because you have introduced data too quick. And God help me because I'm in Brooklyn. You got to help me. If you climax early, you have nothing to look forward to. You, you leave no thoughts for the imagination. You haven't dug for information. And by the time you wake up in the morning and you done took a plan B pill and you're trying to figure out, uh, come on here, if you're pregnant or not, uh, what you realize is the person who climbed in your bed also climbed in your future. And he's also, watch this, defiling your future because he done messed with your body. My God. And it all occurred because you talked too quick. Uh, your body didn't get you in trouble. It was your mouth revealing what was in your heart. Watch your mouth. Goes for you too, brothers. Stop creating expectations that you have no intentions of keeping up. You, you're talking too quick. You're talking too soon. Stop asking her what kind of ring she like. Why are you asking that? And you still pushing fries at McDonald's. Stop asking questions. That you're not prepared for the answer for. Why are you introducing that? Why are you introducing that kind of conversation? You're talking too quick. You're not ready for that. You're not there yet, bro. Slow down. Hush up a little. Relax. There's some valuable data that you need to receive. I got to close. Y'all have turned red flags into red hearts. Tweet me on it. Y'all have turned red flags into red hearts because you have chose to accept love that is blind. Let me help you. Never let your heart go to a party that your head is not invited to. Never allow your feelings and your emotions to go into a relationship that your heart and your head is not invited. When I get in this, my heart and my head is going with me. I'm going to think about this. This got to be a good decision. I done messed up too much. Come on here. Been burned too many times. But they be messing around with play play. We playing house up around here. I'm in my mid-30s. I got to get this right once and for all. Stop this nonsense. I see a red flag. Are y'all all right? The uncomfortable feeling you're feeling right now. 
There's a demon that's trying to come out. Not only we talk too rough, we talk too carelessly, we talk too quick, but we simply downright talk too much. Some of us got diarrhea of the mouth. Hush. Be quiet. I know, I know, I know we're supposed to be PC. We're supposed to be politically correct. I'm bringing back a word that may offend some of you, but it's okay. The Pharisees were offended too. Shut up! They said, that's rude. You're not supposed to say shut up. You're supposed to say be quiet. You're supposed to say be silent. Silence. No, no, no. Shut up! There's some things we should not be revealing. If you don't know what to say, say nothing. I discovered this. I discovered this. I discovered this. I discovered, Nisi, Shante, I discovered that as a pastor, sometimes I have to sit through members and loved ones who have family members who died. And I've got to sit with them through the funeral. I discovered something. That when I walk into a room, they're not interested in what I have to say. They're grieving too hard. Most of them don't even hear me. Sometimes your presence is the present. I just sit there in silence to just let them know, I can't fix this. God has done what God has done, but I'm here. Sometimes you got to know the power of your presence. And when you're often talking, it's because you don't know the power of your presence. When you know the power of your existence and who you are, you know if I step in the room, the atmosphere changes. When I step in the room, come on here, peace comes with me. And I don't have to say anything. Demons run out when I enter because it's my presence. I don't have to say a word. Some of you got to realize that your presence brings validation. It approves. That's why certain people want to invite you to the party. Because your presence approves what's going on. You don't have to say a word. Your presence is validation. I can't chill with everybody. Because my presence approves what y'all talking about. I'm having issue. Y'all pray for me because I need deliverance. I'm having issue with the people who say they love me are still in the presence of those who can't stand me. Bishop, do you know what they said about you? How do you know? And why do you still know? And you haven't removed your presence from that kind of conversation. Because your presence brings validation. You don't even know the power of your presence. But it takes your presence to the next level when you put your words on your presence. You talk too much. Here's what the Bible says, and I'm through. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11. Write it down, Facebook, for me. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11 says, And that you study to be quiet. And do your own business. And to work with your own hands as we have commanded you. Jesus is revealing to this crew, this class, he said that you must understand that your heart is jacked up and your mouth is revealing what's in your heart. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, as I prepare to go to my seat and we get ready for our discipleship class, I got to tell you, watch your mouth. 
And today I'm here to tell you not only watch your mouth. I'm here to also tell you that you need a spiritual mask on. We've got masks to protect us from coronavirus. We got masks to protect us from disease and infections. But we need another mask under our mask. And we need to cover our mouths with our mask. We need to learn to guard our words and protect our vocabulary and our vernacular and our colloquialism and even our language because it's revealing what's in your heart. Never trust your mouth when your heart is still hurting because it's going to reveal what's still infected. Never trust your words when you've just gone through trauma and burn because now your words begin to create something. Here's the thing, and this is where I close on the deal, is that when we send words out, watch this, it cannot be easily discarded like our waste. When we discard our waste, we flush that down the commode. We flush it down the toilet. But when your words go out, it begins to cut. It begins to hurt folks. It wounds people. One of the greatest lies our generation told us when I was coming up was sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. It's a lie because words hurt. Words can wound you. Words can arrest you and hinder your future and your progress in God. Many people right now are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s still in warfare over the words that were spoken over them when they were 7, 8, and 9 years old because words have a way of destroying your future words have a way watch this of destroying that which you're trying to go after that's why you've got to watch your mouth i discovered something pastor yasmin that even if we apologize for our words the fact that it's out there it's still there you're sorry for it but i'm still hurt by it you've apologized and repented to me and i got you and we good now but i was still wounded by you which means you can never retract those words you can never pull it back they're out there and they're going to do whatever you said because then you must realize that we're made in the likeness and the image of God preach boy the image of God the imaga day the image of God is that we're able to create with our words just like God created the heaven and the earth with his words he formed and framed the entire universe with the words came out of his mouth and because we're made in his likeness and his image, it's the words that we use that create our world. Write it down, ladies and gentlemen. You live on the level that you speak. You live the way you talk. You live based upon the speech that comes out of your mouth. So watch your mouth. Because the power of death and life is in your tongue. And the tongue, though it may be the smallest member of your body, it is the most difficult to tame and train. Look at your neighbor and point your finger at them and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. I'm closing. I'm going to my seat. But y'all got to holler at somebody behind your mask and look over on the other side of the room and say hey over there you better watch your words because James chapter number 3 and verse number 3 says the Tanya says this behold we put a bit 
into a horse's mouth that the horse may obey us and we could turn the whole body of a horse just with one bit in its mouth he says behold also the ships though the ships be large and great and they're driven by force winds they turn about with a small helm wherever the governor says turn it verse 5 says even so the tongue is a little member but it boasts great things behold how great a matter and a little fire kindleth but the tongue is a fire all by itself it's a world of iniquity so is the course of our nature it's set on fire even the fire of hell by our tongue only if you could touch your neighbor grab them by the hand and say neighbor your tongue set your life on fire your tongue gonna send you to hell so watch your mouth verse number seven says it like this for every beast and the birds and serpents everything that swims in the sea all of them have been tamed all of them are under control but of mankind he hasn't learned to control his mouth he hasn't learned to control his tongue even though it's small in size it controls your whole life I'm here to tell y'all watch your mouth watch what you speak and you can't speak to everybody goodbye see y'all later but before I take my seat would you help me preach one more time and find somebody who will talk to you and say watch your mouth and study to be quiet and speak only the things that heaven tells you to speak every morning we pray this week we pray the Lord's prayer that said our father who art in heaven hallowed be my name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that's what I want to tell y'all all you need to be saying is what heaven is saying if you want to repeat something repeat the word of God if you want to say something say what the word says we don't need your opinion we don't need your ideologies we don't need your attitude tell me what the word says find somebody act like you preach it and say neighbor tell me what the word says say neighbor the word says that you are blessed in the city and blessed in the field blessed going in and blessed coming out i'm trying to tame your mouth repeat after me find somebody and bless them with your mouth and say neighbor i bless you with my mouth you with my words that you are the head and not the tail you're above and not beneath tell them I bless you with my mouth tell them you are the lender and not the borrower yes sir find somebody I know you got your mask on but use your mouth to bless someone and say neighbor I know you're going through hardship and trial but I bless you with my words and my words unto you 
is many are the afflictions of the righteous but God will deliver you from out of it all I bless you with my words y'all ain't saying it open your mouth change your words take your right hand put it on your heart find somebody and point at them with your left hand and say neighbor I bless you in Jesus name I love you with the love of the Lord and say because I love you I say unto you you are what God says you are say you are what God says you are find somebody else and open your mouth and tell them neighbor I got a word for you I want to give you a piece of my mind and my mind tells me to tell you that eyes haven't seen ears haven't heard neither has it entered the heart of man what God got prepared for you your family blessed your children blessed your money's blessed your body's blessed in Jesus name I wish somebody would help me today and watch your mouth lay hands on yourself and say I speak over myself I prophesy over myself and I tell myself weeping may endure for a night but joy will come in the morning and my joy flows like a river I got peace that passes all understanding I got love that covers a multitude of sin my mouth is healed because my heart is healed find somebody and say neighbor welcome to a new season welcome to the other side welcome to the new me all things are passed away and behold all things are made new I'm a new person because I'm a watch my mouth I'm a new person because I'm a study to be quiet I'm a new person because I'm not talking the same because I got Jesus down in my heart Jesus is alive and he lives inside how do you know it I know it because I can feel him in my hands I can feel him in my feet I can feel him all over me my walk change my talk change my thinking change I'm changed I'm transformed I'm renewed I'm converted and I'm persuaded that neither height nor death nor angels nor principality are able to separate me from the love of God anybody everybody use your mouth and praise God use your mouth and open it up and praise God deliver my mouth deliver my mouth 
deliver my mouth, deliver my tongue by cleaning my heart. Shady ass, shady ass. Go to three fosses and say, watch your mouth, watch your mouth, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You got a mask for a reason. You got a mask for a reason. You got a mask for a reason. Shut your mouth. Shut, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I dare somebody to beat your own chest and shut up. 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 Hush. Be quiet. When I learn to watch my mouth, I could be more kind if I simply study to be quiet. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we've gotten in more trouble than we can shake a stick at because our mouth. But today I believe God is delivering our mouth how by cleansing our heart getting that stuff out of there you talk like that because you're bitter you talk like that because you've been traumatized you talk that way because something happened to you and your heart is responding you're crying out for help because you're hurt your heart is wounded hallelujah I feel the Lord I feel his presence and your mouth is revealing it. When you open up your mouth, you still reveal to us how hurt you still are and how much healing you still need. But today, God is delivering your mouth by cleansing your heart and your mind. If you want that for the next 30 seconds, lift your hand in this room and ask the Lord to heal your heart. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Ask him to heal the brokenness of your heart. To heal the areas of your heart that's still in war from the issues of your past. Ask the Lord to cleanse and sanctify you from the pain you've experienced. You still talk like it happened yesterday. That's because your heart is still wounded. But come on, close your eyes with your hand lifted and say, Lord, heal my heart. Come on, online, right where you are, Facebook, YouTube, you hear me. Ask the Lord, heal your heart. Ask him, heal your heart. Ask him to heal your heart. You're still dealing with something when you were seven, eight, nine years old, 15 years old. You're still battling with something. You're still in warfare, but the Lord can heal you today. You talk the way you talk and you speak the way you speak because something's going on in your heart. But Jehovah Rapha, can heal you today there's hope for you there's hope for you my brother my sister there is hope for you you can be healed you can be made free heal me lord heal me lord set me free break this chain of bondage get rid of this thing that's destroying me it's destroying my future it's defiling my worship i need you right now 
before you go another day further, say, Lord, anoint my mouth, touch my mouth. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a woman of unclean lips. Fix my mouth. My, fix my mouth. Come on, come on. Those of you that speak profane language, you use profanity often, you find yourself cussing, lay hands on your mouth right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's be honest now. We want to be clean in our mouth. We want to be clean in our mouth. Yes, it also includes profane language. Yes, it includes filthy language. I ain't even got time to go through all the scriptures that I have. But you can't speak out of the same mouth blessings and curses. That's what the book says. You can't speak blessing and curses. God wants you to watch your mouth. God wants you to watch your mouth. God wants you to watch your mouth. You can't be a preacher and profane language. You can't prophesy and cuss. Come on. Come on. Watch your mouth. We're supposed to be saints. We're supposed to be saints. We're supposed to be saints. It ain't about keeping it real. It's about discipline. It's about discipline. Now I got to be real. No, 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 no. You got to be disciplined is what you have to be. You have to be disciplined. And anybody can force you to say something that you don't want to say has more power and control over you. But I thought Jesus was supposed to be your Lord. I thought he's supposed to be your God. If he's your God, how can somebody control you that much? That means you're not submitted. You're not surrendered. Give him your mouth. Give him your mouth. Give him your mouth. Lay hands on your mouth right now. Father, I want you to heal my lips. I want you to cleanse my tongue. I want you to sanctify my words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me watch my mouth. Help me to watch my mouth. Help me to pay intentional attention to the words that I use, to how I even speak, the tonation of my voice. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I need help. Somebody right here under the sound of my voice. It's not only your mouth and your heart that needs to be saved. You need Jesus to enter into your life. If you don't know him today, you can. How do you do it? You just confess with your mouth. The Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you too can be saved. My brother, my sister, if you want to be saved today, all you have to do is use your mouth. That's how powerful your words are. That your words can even accept salvation. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you would confess with your mouth, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. All you got to do is do it. If you're ready to do that, I want you to repeat these words. If you're sitting in this house and you want to be saved, then give the Lord your life. For real, for real. You're tired of playing games with your soul. You can be saved today. I want you to right here in this room, if you want to be saved, to stand up right from your seat. I want to be saved. Just stand. That's all you got to do. Stand where you are. You ain't got to come to the altar. Just stand up right where you are. I want to be saved. I want to give the Lord my life. I want to, for real, I want to do it once and for all. I'm tired of playing games with my life. I'm tired of playing games with my future. Who else? If you're not saved and you want to be saved today, stand up right where you are. Don't you be ashamed of this. I said, don't you be ashamed of this. We all got to do it. We all have to come this way. We all got to confess because we all going to stand before judgment by ourselves. I want you to stand, look at this, standing up. I need y'all to celebrate. The Bible says that heaven is rejoicing if one soul. Some of you say, Pastor Shaw, I used to be in church, but I walked away. And I'm ready to come back home, but I'm ready to come back to God. I'm ready to do this all over again. I'm ready, I'm ready to try Jesus again. I stepped away from it for a long time, but I'm coming back. If that's you, and you want to rededicate yourself back to God, stand up right where you are. Stand up right where you are. Online, you can do this too. Stand up right where you are. And I want you to repeat these words after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, 
come into my life save me change me I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord I believe in my heart that he died for me and that he's coming back I no longer belong to myself I don't belong to this world I'm yours Lord thank you for saving me thank you for receiving me thank you for welcoming me in Jesus name amen you're saved now oh come on crown you're saved now you're saved now it's just that simple it's just would somebody go if you can embrace them if you feel comfortable and just say welcome to the family give them an elbow bump a fist bump a, just a good wave and say welcome to the family welcome to the family my brother welcome to the family my sister I'm glad you're back home I'm glad you're back home I'm glad you're back home I'm so glad you're back home hallelujah hallelujah glory to God I'm so glad you came back home I'm glad you came to Jesus your life begins right here your life begins today isn't it wonderful isn't it amazing somebody one more time let's celebrate the Lord for these souls listen I want y'all to take it a step further just take your cell phone do me a favor take your cell phone and I want you to text the word saved s-a-v-e-d text the word saved s-a-v-e-d and send that to the number four zero six nine one text the word saved s-a-v-e-d and send that to the number four zero six nine one four zero six nine one and send the word saved to that number send the word saved to that number they put it on the screen for those of you online those of you here you can do it you're going to get an automatic response from us we're going to text you back immediately because we want to walk this journey with you we want to walk this journey of salvation we want to pray with you we want to minister to you we want to show you what this means and we want you to we want to help you make it stick this time hallelujah i said it's going to stick this time glory to god glory to god come on let's praise god one more time for the souls that gave their life to jesus christ isn't this amazing isn't this wonderful i hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did i would love for you to do two things one subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages also if this message has impacted you you can click the link in the description and you can give now We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.